everyone, welcome to Book Conversations. We're your hosts, Sayed and I'm Mahmouda. Join us as we have conversations inspired by books. Hi everyone, this episode is an extract from an hour-long Insta Live we did on our page. At the end of every month, we'll be hosting a live on the Book Conversations Instagram page to recap all the books we've read and interact with you at the same time. We want to know what books you're reading, your thoughts on our episodes and everything in between. We had so much fun in our first live and we hope to see you next month. The link is in the description to follow the Book Conversations Instagram page so you know when the next live will be. Enjoy the episode. One of the first books that I read this month is called Hood Feminism and the book is essentially about how exclusionary white feminist like the white feminist movement is and you know what was funny when I was reading the book I remember when I was in um, uni I used to have full-on arguments with people telling them I was a feminist <laughs> I read that post by um, Anamalia about how feminism like some of the rules or some of the I don't know if rules is what I'll call them what's the word some of the whatever of feminism is actually ingrained in islam already i mean we don't need the lay something along the lines along the lines of we don't need the label of feminism and how a lot of the things that you have in the feminist manifesto actually is something that's in islam like islam is about empowering women yeah yeah but um i just found and it was current i just remembered that when you said you're arguing about being a feminist because there are people who identify as muslim feminists um, so is that the angle you're approaching it from? To be honest, just... I think to be fair, I think my opinion about feminism is still developing to an extent. I think what I do agree with in the book is that what we have right now, it's an important movement, but at the same time, it doesn't acknowledge the the lived experiences of black and brown oh, people. No, so one of the things that she talks about in the in the book is for example, for her as a black woman, or one thing that I related to in the book, for her as a black woman, often when she's in rooms or when she's in spaces, there's a lot of pressure for her to be, for her to be the disruptor or the noisemaker, right? Like mm-hmm. people, people have complaints that they want to express, but they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it themselves. That's they'll put it on her as a black woman to express it. Because there's already that thing of like a black black women are the ones that always cause trouble with. The ones that like to be so loud and speak out, exactly. speak our mind, make it seem like a bad thing. Precisely, but then when the consequences happen, when the consequences she's are the there, she's the one that has to bear the brunt. There was someone who coined the term womanism because mm. she didn't feel like feminism was enough or yeah. fighting for the struggle of black people. Uh-huh. And so womanism is basically black woman feminism. Um, I need to read more about that. But yeah, there is, I don't remember what the blog is, but there's a lady who has a blog about that. But yeah, so, much, what would you rate the book of? I gave it Five. a three would because I would recommend it. I think for people who... I suppose if if it's their first introduction to feminism, it's perfect. However, my major critique of the book is sometimes it's really hard to follow the argument. Mm. You know when we're in GCSE English and you had to do a particular structure? I feel like that's what the book needed. Yes, because sometimes I'll be reading the book and I'm deliberately trying to follow her line of argument and it's impossible to follow because it jumps from one issue to another. That's my major critique of the book. So that's why I gave it three stars. But it it was it was a good read as far as I was concerned. Okay. Anyway, what's your first book that you want to talk about? Actually, I think the first book I finished was uh, Homesick for Another World by Otessa Mushfeg. Yeah. Um, that's her second book that I read. It's a collection of short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she has a particular style of writing like the extremes of human behavior, but or just showing, I don't know how to explain it. 
but sometimes the characters will be very like crude people but it's just normalizing things like that mm-hmm. like normalizing people who people who make really bad decisions because of the kind of desires that they have yeah i think sometimes protagonists are normally like very tidy and neat whereas she always writes what i think she tends to write not just unlikable but people that society would not generally want to read stories about basically mm. is what she writes about so the first book i read by her was what's that book my year of rest and relaxation which i didn't like at first and when i first started i didn't like it because the protagonist was so annoying but it was really interesting her writing style is really interesting i love the way she writes and some stories were good and some of them were like "Mm -hmm." and that's the thing about short stories i think short stories are usually hit or miss sometimes and short stories i like are the ones that maybe uh, the ones where after I've read it, I'm still thinking about it for days. Yeah. Um. So I would recommend her book because I think her style is different from other people. But one comment I saw, for example, on Goodreads is how, pe- how someone says she feels like over time you get too used to her style and you want more. Oh. So she has a particular, again, a particular kind of character she writes and you see that trend in all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it could be a character that just hates herself or homesick for another world. I love the title because it's apt. So every character in that book is not satisfied with where they are at the moment it could be physical place and they then go in to find themselves or it could be like where they are in terms of their career and they believe that there's something out there that's better for them mm-hmm. and that's why it's homesick for another world but i think i did i think i gave it three or five i'm not sure maybe i gave it even higher i don't think i did though but because of the way she writes and because of the fact that she doesn't write characters that you read every day about and i enjoyed it i did note notice that roxanne gay had made a comment about how she feels like Fat, uh, fat is mentioned a lot. Like fat people are mentioned a lot, and I, I, I kind of started to in think a negative about, way. Or what? It's not just that, but it's just paid attention to a lot. Like attention is drawn to a character's weight a lot, or like a, the character in a way that body. was unnecessary. Sometimes it wasn't necessary, but you got that in almost almost every short story, and it starts to stick out at you when you read. Like when you see, maybe she's trying to it's make it okay and normal okay. for people to talk about it. But then I think there's a point where like it stops being normal and starts being forced. Um, um as well so that's mm-hmm. that but i think i'd recommend that it. seems like an interesting yeah. book next one i read i don't know which one i want to go f- the okay one that struck you the most the one that struck grown that was an intense read grown let me tell you guys what grown. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you i'm laughing but it's not even a funny book it's about Erica. basically the, the author said it wasn't she said it has no... Yeah, she said it has nothing to do with the R. R. Kelly, but I'm sorry, there's no way you can read that book and not think R. Kelly straight away. Mm-hmm. From the first chapter, I said, excuse me, what's going on? And, this and you like see that R. in a lot of the comments and Goodreads as well, don't Yeah. You? So essentially, Grown is a YA novel that young is... Young adult. Yeah, young adult novel about a young girl called Enchanted. I hated the name. Oh, but yeah, I forgot that was her name. What kind of enemies? I thought, anyway. Um, a young girl called Enchanted who is essentially groomed by a celebrity. So Enchanted is 17 at the beginning of this novel and the celebrity Corey Fields is 27, I think. Yeah. Enchanted is interested in becoming an entertainer, a singer. And by chance, they meet at this singing competition. And so the rest of the novel is essentially about how this character, Corey Fields, which has so many parallels with R. Kelly, grooms her almost to the point of no return. Yeah. But when you read the book, it is completely heartbreaking because it's for so me, powerful. because oh I know God. how sensitive I am like to news like this. I apart from apart from some of the podcasts that I listen to where they occasionally mention R. Kelly's case, I've not been following it. Same. I know about Aaliyah. I didn't read it in depth. But this book basically just gives you But insight. when you read this book and you realise 
the things that this man got away with, the things that the people around him allowed him to get away with. I finished that book and I said, I hope his victims get justice. And I hope he never sees the, li the light of day. Whoa. It was no, like one book, of the, the first time where I intense. felt a strong reaction because you know when we, when we read stories in the news to some extent there's a sense of detachment sometimes it when is. you read stories because like it's that. Just, it feels like it's just the other person whereas like with fiction you embody the character so you yeah. kind of live through the experience with the character. That's in, it. On the news you kind of they minimize it. Oh this person did this thing to that person and unless you're doing your own personal research and reading about it you don't really get to know the depths to which this person has suffered or been mm. gone through stuff. So yeah, that book really visualized There's a particular section everything. in the book. There's a particular section in the book where Ugh. he's isolated her from her family. He's locked her in her room and she can't use the toilet. Yeah. And she was, has to pee in a bucket. I that was yeah. When I tell you this book shakes you, it shakes you. Give people a trigger warning. Oh yeah. Oh sorry. I'm so sorry. It actually because the book does come with several trigger warnings um it was a very intense read so i would say is. if you're looking for something joyful that's not the book. it's not the book overall i think it's a it's a good book to read with young girls particularly because of the reality of the world that we're living in right now particularly with social media one of the ways that cory fields kind of gets away with grooming her is through messaging her privately when her parents can't read the messages mm -hmm. so i think this book is really useful as a they conversation gaslight, starter. gaslight you in those messages and oh god it was a it very was very right. heavy book so that's one of my big recommendations for this yeah if anyone's looking for a YA book to read grown was fantastic it's very like you need you do need to be in a good place mentally to read it but i it was, agree yeah, actually but oh, fantastic yeah anyway what's your next read oh so i wanted to talk about house of stone by novio oh, i forgot the what's her full name i can't see it probably novio losa no, I don't think it's Rosa. I think Rosa. Rosa. Okay, that's her middle name. I started reading this book, by the way, in September. No, not September. Definitely not. I started reading this book in April twenty twenty one. I put it down. I started again in September. I put it down, and I finally read it in <laughs> January. I think the protagonist or the main character or the narrator of the story E is very actually no context so I don't think I've read many books about what happened in Zimbabwe so besides mm. reading um we need new names which mm, different interesting review for that book but that was like my intro my proper introduction to what happened in Zimbabwe but this book goes into detail and I love it the, the author is really good as a writer but the narrator of the story is so annoying. And I think the first, I found the first thought of the book very slow. But I wanted to push through because I felt like there was a lot of content to take in. But then, in my opinion, the book speeds up once you pass like, the first third. And you really just want to know more. Mm. I remember once I got to that point, I didn't want to put it down. And I actually wanted to finish it. I would definitely read it a second time. Because now that I know, like how it ends and the fact that it gets better as you read it i then know that i would get i'll take away a lot more from it and it's i was actually wondering how many people would have put this book down because they couldn't get past, past the, initial. the first like 100 that was on the page that was slow and that would kind of obviously affects the kind of review that they gave because not i didn't see many people talking about this book mm. and this was a recommendation to from someone i went to a bookshop in berlin and i asked the bookseller if she could recommend the book to me and she was like she'd recommend this book it was amazing and she loved it and i should read it the premise is interesting it's about this guy who desperate to find himself or desperate for an identity or somewhere to ground himself he inserts himself into someone else's family oh by God. fire by force so this family he's renting a room in this house and this family they have an only son and the son has gone missing so he wants to 
help them search for the son, but somehow he messes and this sounds himself. like a Korean drama. I actually watched a Korean drama with this exact same plot line. Really? And he yeah, messes himself into this storyline, and it's a microcosm for the the story of what happens in Zimbabwe, but also this one man story. And it shows you the length people would go when they're crazy. I think one thing I also found that when people have like parents who are abusive, destructive, mean, whatever, sometimes it can go to ways. It can be that you want to distance yourself so badly from that person mm. and you become an entirely different person. Yeah. Or in your journey of wanting to, of trying to find yourself, trying to distance yourself from this person, but realizing that you can't distance yourself from that person, you could actually become that person. That person is scary. Because... I don't want to spoil it, but there's just something he finds when he finds out something about his real father. He resists, but then he becomes his father. Yeah. Ooh, it's scary. Cool. Yeah, it's gone. Right. I can't actually believe you've read all the books that I've read. Except one, so. Yeah, but I've already talked about hood feminism. The other book is Should I Do Clap When You Land? Yeah. You know what was interesting when I was reading Clap When You Land? Because I thought I thought of what do you call it? Second class citizen. When they clapped at the end. No, no, no. I was just thinking about men in general and how oh. we talk about men on the podcast. <laughs> well, I was thinking as it, about how you clap when you land. Um, one of my friends who's Dominican Republic. She's from Dominican Republic. Yeah. And she was like, how people clap when the plane lands. Mm. And I thought about, oh, interesting. Well, title. It is. Premise, Sometimes Nigerians do it as well. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's a bit of a turbulent well. ride. Nigerians do exactly. it too. And you survive. You're <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> thank God. We made it. But um, anyways, Korean. Yeah. Clap when you land is a novel about two sisters who don't know about each other's existence until their father dies in a plane crash. And they're both 16, aren't they? 17, 16? And they're both? They're both 16 Yeah, 17, 16, 17. I, think, I can't yeah. exactly remember They're literally age. months apart. Of two months apart. Their dad's wild. So basically their dad essentially got married to two friends and had kids with two friends and within a space of two months. And first girls, Camino, so the two characters are named Camino and Yahira. Camino's mother dies early on, Yahira's mother is still alive, but the father kind of has to make a decision in terms of going back to Dominican Republic to spend time with his first daughter and then living with the second daughter. Anyway, the reason why I love this book is because, number one, I think it's so... And it was when I was reading the acknowledgement at the end that it made sense of her trying to depict an imperfect relationship, but a very loving relationship at the same Mm. time. Mm -hmm. Because you have the two daughters who to some extent are angry at their father who's dead for the decisions that he's made. But also you get to feel the depth of the love that they have for him. I love it And so, so the much. reason why I said I was laughing when I was reading the book is because often, sometimes on the podcast, <laughs> we're always talking about the things men to do, mean to do right. Mm-hmm. And I think in this book, you just get the picture of a very loving father who truly tried even, to do the best that he could. Yeah, even though he did some like wrong things, because why would you do that in the first place, having babies with two friends? But I think he still did a good job with like how he raised them. Yes. Even though he wasn't fully present. Like, it's so interesting how the one he only saw in the summer, she l- still loved him so much. Yeah. And then it could also be because she saw him in short bursts, right? So you didn't get to see him fully. Mm. But yeah. Well, you just get the sense that he gave the best that he could to of his course, children. Of course. And then also what I also really loved about the book is, I feel like in YA now, there's a different unconventional format that people are writing in. Really? That I fa- did You know the crap when you land and punch in the air, the way it's written, it's no, not... No, but it's novel in verse. That's why I was telling you, I love novels in verse. I've never seen that before until that's why I, I was recommending her. She's my I think she's one of the people that done they've done it the best. Novels and verse is basically 
writing a novel in poetry form. That's why it's called a novel in oh, verse. Oh, that's what it's called. A novel in verse, yeah. Okay, so anyway, it was new and different and I liked it. It's so good because it yeah. goes very quickly. So I think one of the reasons why I recommend it to people is, especially people who don't like readings, because you can get into the story very quickly. Mm. There's no like fluff. You literally just it's very in the story. Yes. There's another one I read recently by this British, actually it's a British author called Run Rebel. She is oh, called yeah. Manjeet's Man. I actually thought that was good. It won a prize I this year, actually. Mind. It was quite interesting. And she has a second one called Crossing, which I haven't read. But um, I think novel and verse are very good, especially if you're having a reading slump, because then you can just get through. Oh, yeah. So I- I've been reading a lot of YA books this year. Yeah, I mean, it's literally only January I'm like this year. But, yeah, one, but of the, is long. <laughs> one of the books that I read that I really enjoyed was Punch in the Air. And it is it was written by one of the Central Park... Five. No, they're called the Exonerated oh, sorry. Five now. The Exonerated, <laughs> exonerated five. five. Okay. Yusuf Salam. Yeah, Yusuf Salam. And, and it is... boy. Yeah. And it's inspired by the trial. Mm. And I really loved it. It was just... Oh, it was, it was really good. I think it was very good in just showing you the raw emotions of the boy in that position. Because, I mean, sometimes you see what's happening, but I think him being the main character and the way that it's written allowed us to properly see him express himself and be vulnerable and be sad and Mm. be scared and be insecure. And you also see how he grows and how he slowly opens himself up for interaction with people. And even though we don't know what happens at the end, I still had a lot of hope that things would get better. Coincidentally, the character's name in the book is called Amal. And I think one of the reasons why the book resonated with me is often we don't think about i mean i I know we've talked about before in the podcast but the school to prison pipeline in the us and how Mm -hmm. prevalent it can be and i think getting to read a story like that from the perspective of a young muslim african-american character was so important there's a particular scene in in the book where they're in prison and at first there is no they they had to paint a mural together so that sense oh, of that scene it oh. reminded me a lot of Malcolm X in a way as well yeah, it as did. to how yeah, it did despite the oppression that the community is facing there are still moments of hope mm-hmm. and there are still mm-hmm. moments of resilience that scene actually broke my heart and the, the tenderness that you were talking about in seeing the relationship that Amal as a young black boy has with his mother right like oh, the mother in so, so many beautiful. different places breaks down his hard shell and you get to see him for what he is, a young boy. Well, I love that they have a good relation, good enough relationship that she notices the little things and like he yearns for a love. Because some people, they push, like a lot of teenagers, especially boys, I think they don't have a strong enough relationship with their mom. But she has such a good relationship with him and she knows him so well and she uses that to her advantage. And I love that. Like every time she came to visit, she would try not to break in front of him. I mean, he knew like how she was feeling, but she wanted to feel stronger. She reminded him of his strength. She got him to think a lot differently about himself. And like all of the quotes that she like gave him. Shared with all him. All the reminders. It's such a beautiful book. That was it one is. of my favorite reads this month and I would definitely recommend it. I think Same. it's another great one in terms of having conversations with young people. And also for me, I think often, or at least one of the things inshallah that I hope one day we can work on more as a community is how do we make sure that our brothers and sisters that are in prison aren't like a forgotten element in our Mm -hmm. communities like what are the ways in which we can express 
solidarity with them. I was looking at this letter writing scheme that I actually think oh, is so beautiful. Yeah, like just you know, as I was reading the book, I was just thinking it would, it would be really great to see more initiatives surrounding bringing comfort and yeah, aid, bringing comfort and aid to mm-hmm. Muslim brothers and sisters that are in prison. I think especially the ones who go to like the juvenile ones or the ones who are not yet 18, I think yeah. that's, there should be more room for transformation and care and reformation. Yeah. But when you read that story, you see how even though they'd given them rooms to go to classes and do their work and so on, they don't care. And if I feel like people don't care about me, so I've left the normal world where people already don't care about me and I'm back in prison where people still don't care about me. What's the motivation to continue? Exactly. How do you not lose hope that there's nothing worth living for anymore? I think that's why, yeah, this novel is important. But then also, yeah, when I think about Malcolm and his reformation, if, yeah. you, if you guys don't know, we are obsessed with Malcolm. X. I'm not obsessed. <laughs> I'm a hardcore fan. <laughs> baby sister of Malcolm. Brother I don't know Malcolm. about baby sister. Yeah, Sorry. whatever. Please claim me lineage. <laughs> But yeah, um, I really enjoyed reading that book as well. It's my top so far for this year. Um, I was hoping it would get me out of my reading slump. But um, I mean, it did in, in the moment when I read it. But when I finished it, I wanted something as good and as fast as it is. And who's next? Me. Oh, one mm-hmm. more book. So I read this book called How to Pronounce How to Pronounce Knife. And it is by this... Oh, I forgot where she's from. Oh, my God. Bye. Wow. Oh, sorry. Let me check it for you. Sure, because it's all, right. all of the stories are centered on characters that came from that specific country. <sighs> yeah, Homesick for another world, or Tessa. No. How to pronounce knife. How to pronounce knife. No, I'm just thinking about where the author's from. Oh, right, okay. Oh, God, no it's in my head. Anyways, Lots. I'll remember. But it was, I found it really interesting. I think there were some of the stories where I wish she carried on. Some of them were really short like five pages long and some of them are a bit longer but it, it's really it's a really good um representation of the refugee experience the immigrant experience and what i liked was that she allowed them to just be like characters be mm. people basically yeah yeah so i would recommend reading that book i think it also was another eye-opener for me because it just reminded me of how there's so much going on around the world and it's good to see the stories of a place being told by someone from the place yeah um I can't believe I don't remember where she's from, but but I would recommend reading it because I think she's really good with words and she writes really well. Her short stories are really interesting. And the the how to pronounce knife. I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for you, but it just reminds me of how there's some. So when you when you're learning English language, there's mm. some words that. So for example, when you're learning the alphabets or phonetics, they tell you that K is K and N is N. And so when you're reading for the first time for yourself, if you see knife, would you think that it's gonna be knife? No, you would think. Knife, right? Interesting. Knife. Kettle. No, but you would not say no. Knife. But kettle has an uh, e. It's a k n. How would you know if you weren't like taught in school that knife k n is supposed to be just n? Mm, and so it's in this class where this this young girl. I'm spoiling it. This young girl has a book that she has to read, and there's the word knives in it. And she asks her dad, but both of her parents are refugees who've just moved. They just moved to the U.S. The dad tells her how to say it, but obviously it's not the right way. So they're reading in class. You know how kids are reading and. And the teacher picks on one person to read this page. Mm-hmm. So it gets to her turn and she says the word. And the teacher doesn't tell them to turn the next page, which is an indication that she said the word wrong. Right. So the teacher's like, can you say it right? And she's like, what her dad says is the right word. Interesting. And then some white girl in the class was like, it's knife. And the tone with which she says is almost like, how can you not know that that's what the word mm. is? And she just talks about how, obviously to protect her dad's feelings, she never tells her dad that the rule is how to pronounce pronunciation it. is wow. knife. But it was so interesting because obviously like, 
Because imagine having to tell him and then he feeling like he has failed his daughter or just... Or not educated kids, or, enough. Exactly. And then making them be... And just things... It makes me think you know about how a lot of, like, yeah, second-generation immigrants or, like, refugees or people who... The kids, especially when they learn how much they... Do, what they do and how much they do to protect their parents mm. and, like, also having to fit in the struggles... Um, of having to fit in and how some opportunities can bypass you simply because of where you're from. Yeah. But it was really good. It was a good collection of short stories, in my opinion. You Googled that, actually, because I need to know where the author's from. I think it's it's relevant to, to the book because it countries that... Thailand. Thailand, yeah. The Lao refugee camp. So all the protagonists were from Lao. Actually, also to answer the question of how we find books that we read, some... I have a Goodreads account and I follow people on there and sometimes they would read a book and I, f- I would find it interesting and then I'll check it out and that's how I just add it onto my list, yeah. Part of the monthly roundup is that we have a theme, a theme at the end of the discussion, so it's really quick. Our theme this month is on gratitude. Mm-hmm. So one thing that you are grateful for. What, this month? Not this month. It could be, it could have been from last year. Ah, okay. So one thing I'm grateful for from last year. Oh, from last year. Actually, I would say one from 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the workshop that I attended and the reason why is I randomly stumbled on this work- writing workshop and the host was uh, YA author Patrice Lawrence and I remembered at the end of the workshop the person who hosted it was t- saying how um, people should go on Twitter because um, a lot of writing opportunities are advertised on Twitter and just that one advice has spiralled like my the direction and trajectory of my life as a writer because mm-hmm. then I went on Twitter and I tweeted at Patrice thanking her for this opportunity and for the workshop and then her friend retweets saying oh it's nice to see another muslim writer and since then she literally took me on like a mentee and she sends me everything and one of the mentorships i'm doing now was because of her like she sent it to me Mm. so many things just from that one workshop so many doors opened and that's why i'm very very grateful to god for that beautiful oh i've changed mine now because I feel Whoa. like the lesson the lesson from yours is the importance of thanking people as well. Oh yeah. Because if you ha- if you didn't thank her on Twitter, that's true. The other person wouldn't have seen it. That is. What are you thankful for, Mahmouda? One one of the reasons why I chose gratitude for the theme this month is that I think often when we start the year, New Year, New Me, it's always things you want to change. Things you want to change, but then also acknowledging the things that have gone well and the ways that Allah has blessed us. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I'm grateful that I get to do the things that I love. Alhamdulillah. I think that's like a huge privilege that I don't take for granted. So whether that is like this podcast, whether that's actually like my actual work, which I'm trying to, I was up till 2 a.m. yesterday designing dashboards. (laughs) Well done, Mahmoud. I can't wait for the um, money so we can splash. I don't know about money. (laughs) But I think, but I think the opportunity, the opportunity and the privilege to be able to do things that we're interested in and knowing that it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's given us that faculty, like even being able to read, you need your eyes, being able to like, you know, when I'm trying to understand complex things, it's like, it's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, so I'm grateful for that. So that's it. Any parting words? No. Remember to read, guys. She said remember to read. (laughs) Well, parting (laughs) words are, I feel like there's a book for everyone out there. I you might be that. a novel in verse that could actually change your opinion on books. They're mm-hmm. very fast-paced. The things happen very quickly, and I would recommend. They were. What's your yeah. parting words? Listen to all our episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. 
we have some good episodes guys and some very good ones yeah say. alhamdulillah because i've been i've been listening back to the old episodes trying to do the quote extracts and it is so interesting oh actually no that was that was one of the other reasons why i wanted to do monthly roundup you know some of the episodes that we recorded three four years ago it's interesting going back and thinking about how your thoughts on a particular issue has changed mm. and also how mm-hmm. time moves on because we did an episode called the weight that oh, was about God. megan good and De- um devon franklin oh god and subhanallah to think that they're now divorced this year no, it's crazy slash m- because that book was yeah we were like screaming about that book and like the foundation for no, the marriage i would still talk I about like the book i respect i would yeah. still recommend Same. that book actually Same. i would still but yeah it's just interesting how things change things change with time and i think yeah I yeah. think it's important to respect that and to accept that as well. Yeah. That something can be good now, but it might not be good in the next season. Well, I have another part in word, words, actually. Yeah. That's the it's related to one of my goals for this year What's that? and life is just slowing down mm. and like you don't have to do everything in one go. I think that's one thing I'm trying to internalize pace in myself. Even if you have all of these things you want to do, it's okay to not have achieved them by the end of 2022 you can give them time and actually just continue putting in the work basically yeah consistent effort important yeah.